Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Cad Gable. I'm Kaz Gable, <laughs> and I and I'm Alex Cruzy. Am having a stroke. <laughs> um, yes, uh, welcome back, everyone. Today we are going to run off into the magical world of Phil Walker Harding, uh, the uh, prolific designer in a new game. Well, new it came out last year, uh, 2021 release of Explorers. Uh, Explorers is a one to four player game. It is a, um, is this a? How would you describe this? It's a. It's not a roll and right. It's a flip and right, I guess. Or it's a uh, flip and right. Yeah. yeah, you do flip and you do right. So yeah. it's a flip and right. You flippity flip and you rightity right, or you X out. Actually, is what you do, and you circle. You X and circle. <clears throat> so Explorers plays one to four. Uh, it plays in about twenty minutes, as you might imagine. Community says eight years or older, and everyone else agrees. Uh, the weight is 1.87 out of 5. This is another light game. And uh, this was published by Ravensburger and art by Sabrina Miramon. Uh, this game is similar. Yeah, there's some similarities to other games, but as usual, it's a Phil Walker Harding special. So he's taking a lot of mechanisms you may uh, find familiar or have played before or know of and put a little twist on them or his own little take on them and combine them in different and in interesting ways. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about how we play this guy and then let's talk about our thoughts on it. All right. So uh, this is an interesting, like pretty much everything in this game is like that thick kind of cardboard stuff because it's a modular uh, roll and write, which is definitely different than other games I've seen. Uh, everyone's going to start with their board frame i guess because there's it's just a board with a bunch of rectangular holes in it that you're going to fill with these modular pieces everyone starts with their frame uh, on the standard side there are two sides to pretty much everything in this game but you're going to start with the standard side uh then you're going to fill in the pro the provisions uh rectangle piece in there the huts rectangular piece the gems rectangular piece and then uh, four map pieces. Uh, each player has their own uh, sets of map pieces. There are eight total map pieces, but you're only going to need four of them. Uh, that you choose four randomly, or I guess you could choose them uh, based on how you want to make your map, but that just seems weird. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to place them in the four quadrants of the large square area, um, and then everyone's going to mimic that. Everyone's going to do the same thing. So you're going to pick up the same four uh, tiles, numbered one through eight, whatever they are, and they're going to have them oriented and positioned in the same exact way uh, that the one person does. So everyone has the same exact map. Uh, then there are uh, these things that they called exploration cards. Again, it's, it's still that thick cardboard stuff. Uh, there are eight of them. You're going to shuffle them up. Uh, you're going to burn one of them for the round, there will be a total of four rounds, uh, and basically you start exploring from here on out. Uh, the start, the person, the person that is chosen to be the start player. I don't think there is any particular one. It's just who you choose. Uh, they will draw the top exp exploration card. Uh, that exploration card is going to have usually two different types of uh, terrain on it. Oh, I forgot. Uh, each person will also start by Xing out uh, the starting hut, which is the hut that is closest to the center, uh, and then marking three more Xs on any terrain that is connected to it orthogonally to that on one type of terrain. Then we're good. Uh, basically, the start player flips over the card. It's two types of terrain. Uh, it, for example, it could be 
desert and grassland, or it could be uh, rocky land and water. Those are the only four types of lands that exist. It could be one of the special ones where it's like uh, one side has both water and rocks, and the other side has both uh, desert and grassland. Uh, the starting players are going to choose one that they want to draw their X's on uh, and put it closer to them. So if, say, for example, I wanted to put my next X's on rocks, I would put that one closer to me, and then it puts the, say, desert land closer to the other uh, members. Whatever they choose, the active player chooses, they can draw three X's on rocks that is adjacent to previous X's uh, anywhere on the board. And again, it has to be orthogonal to previous X's, uh, and it has to be on rocks. Uh, and it's a total of three. They don't all have to be adjacent to the last one it did. You can put one on one side of the board, one on the other side of the board, as long as it's connected to previous X's. It's totally cool. The passive players, the people who did not get to choose which side they wanted near them, uh, they have a choice. They can either uh, draw three X's on the one that the active player didn't choose, a la the one that's closer to them, or they can put two X's on the one that the active player did choose, a la the one that is closer to the active player. Um, it is their choice which one they do, but again, has to be orthogonal to previous X's, can only be on that terrain type, and it's either three or two X's. Uh, and this continues on. You just draw the remainder of all of the seven exploration cards uh, that will end the round. There will be a round scoring. I'll get into a little bit, bit of that once I talk about more of the things you might be Xing out. Uh, but this is going to total at last uh, four rounds. You'll reshuffle the exploration cards, uh, and again, burn one so there will always be only seven uh the person who will start the round will always rotate around the table uh but basically the things you're going to be xing out there's a whole assortment of things that you're trying to x out uh for example there are keys in there if you can cross out a key you earn a key there are a total of four keys basically every quadrant has a little bit of everything uh, so you'll notice there's a lot of fours in this. Uh, the keys allow you to enter temples, and in every quadrant, there is a temple. You cannot X out a temple unless you have a key to use. Uh, once you X out a temple, you will notify everybody, hey, I did temple D or temple A, whichever one it is, uh, and you will score the points for it. The sooner you do it, the more points you score. The later you do it, the less points you score. Uh, and then no one, everyone else kind of goes, oh, now I can't earn those 12 points, or oh, now I can't earn those 10 points, but if I do it now, I get um, 8 points, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, other things you can cross out are scrolls. When you cross out a scroll, you earn a scroll. You'll mark it on the top of your little frame. Uh, in any future round, you may use that scroll to, instead of either doing one of the ones that you have an option of doing, you can just choose whichever one terrain type you want, and cross out four X's. So you get a little bit more and you don't have to follow follow the choices that have been given to you. You can pick something that's not even on the exploration card. Uh, another thing that might you might cross out is a horse. When you cross out a horse, you immediately cross off one more X on the map anywhere and it does not have to match the terrain type that you've been using so it's kind of a way to kind of jump a couple of things if you're trying to get across some just very thin pieces of land uh, there are three different types of provisions there are apples carrots and fish uh, the way these work is you can only cross off one of each the apples carrots and fish one apple one carrot one fish per round you once you've crossed off an apple in a round you can't cross off another apple uh, because the way it scores is that uh, once you depending on how many of them you have you will score a certain amount of points if you've 
gotten one of each of them, apple, carrot, and fish, you will score 10 points. If, say, you only have one of them, you'll only score three points. But if you have two of them, you'll score, you know, seven points or whatever it, whatever it happens to be. Uh, so if, if you've already crossed off an apple, you have to wait until the next round till you can cross off another apple because each individual round will score based on how many of each one you got. Uh, the other types are gemstones. There's no limit to how many gemstones you can do. Uh, I believe there are four gemstones per quadrant, which means there's a total of uh, 16 gems out there. Uh, every time you cross off a gem, you will go to that little gem tablet and cross off one of the gems. Uh, at the end of the round, you will just count up how many gems you've crossed off for the entire game. So that's even in previous rounds. Uh, and you will score that many points. So the more gems you can get, the better I guess income, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Gems don't seem like a very good thing to have <laughs> income. Uh, the last thing are those uh, villages that I mentioned. You start on one of the villages. You are not allowed to cross off villages, but you are trying to surround villages with X's. So I guess that's thematically you're just trying to meet the people or whatever. Uh, at the end of the game, and only at the end of the game, you will do a scoring on that. Uh, you will go basically score each hut the more x's you have surrounding it the more points you score for each i believe it is 10 points if you have it completely surrounded three points if you only have one x on it five if you only have two seven if you only have three surrounding it uh basically once once you get through all four rounds each round consisting of seven exploration tiles uh, that is the end of the game uh, and whoever has the highest total points of provisions surrounding huts gems and temples uh wins the game there we go <clears throat> that is explorers um yeah so a lot of similarities to flippant rights uh and rolled and rights you may have seen um one that comes to mind of course is phil walker harding's last game excuse me um which is uh oh geez what is the name of it <laughs> silver, silver and gold and there gold. we go i was gonna say welcome to that's not right uh <laughs> yes <laughs> silver and gold um, silver and gold is a very simple um, flip and write where you are, you know, trying to X out islands with uh, Tetris shapes that come out. And uh, I own that one. It's very fun, but this is definitely a step up in complexity. And with being modular, the replayability and the gameplay changes drastically uh, from play to play. But uh, yeah, this is interesting. I always love kind of watching a designer sort of play with a. I don't know, uh, um, uh, structure or concept. And this, he has definitely like <laughs> been messing around with this idea of a, of a roll and write and trying to make different ways to approach it. Um, it's interesting. I, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was a cool game. Um, th there are so many strategy directions to go in, in different, in different ways. Like you can obviously go after straight points or, you know, you can go after um, just hitting up the bonuses to kind of help. Um, like the horses are an interesting element here because you don't really. It's not the X's that you need. It's it's what they give you. So that's the pathways that you really need of the X's. And so the horses are really interesting. I didn't I kind of undervalued them when we first played. But the more I think about it, the more I think they can be pretty powerful. Uh, obviously, the way each tile is oriented in your four tile grid um it's uh, going to change what is more accessible, what is further away, what may not, might not be a good idea, or um, you know what what you might race towards, knowing everyone is going to want to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked Explorers a lot. What, what are your thoughts on this game? 
Uh, I, I, I really enjoy it. And in comparison to Silver and Gold, it's definitely a step up. I prefer yeah. it a lot better, honestly. Uh, I after playing it so many times, I've played it a lot uh, recently because I, I think I picked it up maybe a month ago or something like that. Uh, it I I'm kind of I feel bad for silver and gold. I don't know. <laughs> I really enjoyed silver and gold, but I really like this a lot more. And if I had a choice between the two, I'm pretty much always going to pick Explorers. Uh, it's it's got a lot to it. I mean, the just having a lot of choices of how you kind of want to strategize based off of how the map tiles have done. Like, ooh, you know, all the temples are on the outside edge. I'm just gonna ignore temples, or you know, I think I think I'm gonna go heavy on gems and see what I can do with gems. I think if I can get the right things coming out, I can hit them all pretty quickly in an efficient manner. Uh, there are definitely games where you're kind of watching your opponent going. Gosh, they are getting really close to that thing. I right. should probably do that. Or man, they are doing a lot on gems. I hopefully I have something that can counterbalance whatever they're doing on gems because I got to catch up some way somehow. Uh, I think the large one being temples. Of okay, it looks like they're pretty close to Temple D. Should I try and beat them to Temple D, or should I try and beat them to something else that I know I can? definitely get to before they do type of a thing or if i can get to the one that they're the only one they're close to before they do then i i'm already close to all the other ones should i try and waste my time right now getting that temple or should i you know just say heck with it they're probably going to beat me to that anyway or they'll tie me to it uh, in which case you both get the higher prize but yeah it's it's there's a lot of things that you can kind of look over your shoulder and be like oh gosh what 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 do they do? What are they, what are they going for? Uh, and it's it's definitely interesting that there's a lot of little chitter chatter of oh I see what you're doing no you you don't see what I'm doing or no <laughs> I, I really I like that. I, the last game I played we actually played with the advanced rules and there was a lot of that going on where it's just like my wife is going oh oh I know what you're doing and I'm like yeah well I see what you're doing so oh, so there <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I really like it. And the fact that it is so modular. I love a good modular game. Uh, it, it does. It's it's a little bit less bland. With the uh, silver and gold, the, the only modularness of it is the random islands that you get to pick up and you're trying to cross things off and how you might be able to score points. It's a bit more luck than it is modular. Whereas this is modular. You can kind of plan things out from the get-go. You can make the game harder or easier depending on which modules you decide to flip over or use and I'll, I'll get into some of the the more advanced things in a bit i i finally got to play the advanced game just yesterday so but, uh, yeah i i like it it's it's really good cool yeah i could see a more uh, an expansion coming out for this too or just more modules um more modular options coming out depending on uh you know how, how popular this game gets of course but um yeah no i i thought uh the scoring tiles um be able to you know like you said there's an advanced side and there's a basic side but you could could switch and um flip some to advanced some to basic and kind of play around with a lot of options there to really create a pretty dynamic different type of play each time you play um yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this progresses and how uh, Phil Walker-Harding kind of keeps progressing this. Uh, what else is nice about this, too, is the fact that, you know, being kind of the first modular role flipping right that I can think of, um, you know, I'm curious to see other designers taking this idea and trying to do something similar with it. <clears throat> um, yeah, 
so let's see. Uh, who is this? Uh, what are we going to do first? Let's do <laughs> taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure, we can do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. We don't so, want to turn this thing into a modular podcast, do we? Yeah, come on. That'd be insane. Um, yeah, all right. Let's do taking it out. So uh, as you might expect for a flip and write, this is going to be a pretty straightforward takeout game. So I we played a digital version of this, and I'm trying to figure out uh, – you mentioned before the size of the, of the actual boards. How, how, what is the individual board size? It's like six by nine. Oh, okay. And that's inches. <laughs> Not feet. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Cubits. Millimeters. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's extremely tiny. Okay, so that's not bad. I was looking at, there's not a great picture of this on a table or being played by people, so it was really hard to tell because it looks like it could be like 6 by 12 inches or something like that. But, um, all right, so that's pretty manageable. So in front of you, you're going to have your player board. In your player board are going to be slotted the terrain tiles, each four terrain tiles. And up top are going to be three scoring tiles that you're going to be using. And everyone's going to be using the same ones. And so um, every player's board is going to be uh, the same, basically, uh, until the game starts. And then you're off to the races and off to uh, doing it however you'd like to do it, and progressing and your X's as they slowly spread across the board. The rest of the things on the table are going to be really just the deck of cards that is going to be the terrain types. Um, there's going to be one main draw deck each round. Uh, it's seven, right, that get laid um, per round? Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Seven explorer cards, yeah. Seven explorer cards, yeah. So that, so then there's going to be seven that are brought, brought down. They're going to be flipped over one by one as as and then resolved. Uh, with everybody uh, at the table playing based on um, you know what places are coming out and what one they want to choose. And that's pretty much it. You'll have a pen on the table, I guess, but that is, uh, of course, what you're going to need for any flipper rolling, right? So that is no surprise there. And uh, from there, you are off to the races. Everything else can remain in the box for another time. And um, you are going to probably be able to fit this around anything that you can think of on the table, drinks or meals. This definitely passes a pizza test. This is a great one for a pizza test, too, or for the pizza or central meal, too, because all you got to really see is the terrain uh, card as it flips and then know, um, uh, yeah, that's really, I mean, the, it's, the art on these are very basic, so it's like it's nothing you have to read, and it's very obvious from a distance what is what like what what terrain got flipped yeah. up even if it's a double one um it's pretty clear from a distance you know what it is so um you could really play this in any orientation at different tables or you're kind of distance from each other uh it's really it really does well or seems like it would do well in uh, all sorts of con configurations uh for a game night or at a place like a bar or restaurant um the vibe is pretty good too like alex mentioned the there's a lot of room for looking around the table and seeing what other people are doing some things it's really important to do that like the temples you kind of want to make sure if you're racing to get to the temple you know you got to go get that key first and then you got to get to the temple and so you're kind of seeing oh man they're going to beat me to it okay maybe i go to another temple or all right whatever i'll just get the second tier uh or reward for that not a big deal so that that was really interesting about um this is a roll and write. Silver and gold does it a little bit just because you are kind of tracking how many islands people have resolved. But this definitely much more so you're kind of tracking what they're doing. Even things that you're not racing for, like the ruby or emeralds, 
it's you're kind of tracking where people are at with that and you know if you're doing that strategy too you know it, it kind of offset you can get a rough sense of where everyone is score wise throughout the course of the game so that also allows for table talk as well and um, yeah it's a great it's a great vibe and a more interactive vibe than a lot of rolling rights uh, or flipping rights tend to be so that's kind of refreshing um, who it's for who it's not for this is a Definitely a well-designed game. It's very interesting what it does at, with the flip and write genre, and I think any any gamer would be in, would be kind of intrigued by this. Anyone who likes flip and writes, I think, would be really intrigued by this. And um, more broadly, this is we mentioned at the top of the episode. This is an ex- very accessible game for younger people too. I definitely think my son, who's all who is eight, would uh, be able to understand this game and. Uh, play it and I think I think he'd enjoy it we haven't tried it yet with him but I think uh, it's definitely something he could comprehend and get the strategies of the advanced tiles I'd say might be a little too advanced for him to do well I think he'd understand them but I think um, uh, I think it's there's some you know that there's some deeper strategies there <laughs> to, to go after and uh, knowing when and how to do that but um, but yeah, so broadly appealing to pretty much anybody. I can't think of anyone outside of the normal I don't like rolling rights or flipping rights crowd that this would not be appealing towards. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of is if you do want something just light and quick and you know that that's where silver and gold would come in if we're gonna compare the two. yeah um, and especially if you're introing this to someone, I definitely think this is a little this is not an intro flipping right. It's not hard if you're introing it to like a gamer, but if you're introing a flipping right to someone who doesn't really play games, silver and gold is definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, between the two, definitely. So that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. Can you think of anything else pro or con that would be a, a turn on or turn off for for anybody? I mean, not really. I think you caught most of it. I think I th- think really it's it's a very good comparison to silver and gold. If you liked silver and gold, but you felt like it was missing something, I think this is exactly what you're looking for. Because that's kind of how I felt after a couple of plays of silver and gold. I liked it, but there was just every, at the end of the game, I'm like, God, I wish there was just a, a little bit more to it. This yeah. has a lot more than a little bit more to it. And that's, I mean, it's perfect. It's just what I'm looking for. Uh, if you played silver and gold and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And, and you don't want a, too much more then maybe just stick with silver and gold. Uh, right. But I think most people, that are would be listening to this podcast are probably going. You know what? I think I, I think I want to play Explorers more. But uh, if if you like something something a bit more accessible, yeah, definitely silver and gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would your mom like it? Um, I yeah. I don't know. I I think your mom would like this. I think uh, this is an interesting one though because I feel like. Um, I feel like your mom might like silver and gold better than this one. <laughs> um, just because this adds a little bit more complexity, but at the same time, I think she would get a kick out of this one. So I'm going to say a maybe yes on this one. I'm going maybe no. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think there's just, I think there's way too much for her to be keeping track of. I, she's going to be like, well, I don't know what the best option is. Should I be doing gems? Should I be doing temples? Should I even move more? You're doing a lot of temples. I feel like I'm missing out. And she's going to feel like she's falling behind when people are calling, oh, I did temple A or oh, I did temple B or oh, now I scored this many points on that. She's going to be going, I, I know I'm screwing something up. And she's she's just, I, I feel like she's just not going to like that. So that's definitely a maybe no. Uh, to your point of silver and gold, I actually recently got to play that with her. She was okay with it. Yeah, she didn't hate that one. I I think that was more of a a maybe 
maybe to maybe yes for her. So I think, yeah, for her, silver and gold is her her game compared to this game. This game just is, there's just a bit too many options, too many things that feel too strategic, and she's going to feel like she's falling behind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. All right, let's see. Um, so there we go. I, I definitely think this is a recommend, though, f- um, for anyone who likes rolling rights, flipping rights, Phil Walker Harding specifically. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's it's It does uh, – it tries to do a lot, and I think for the most part it succeeds in what it's doing. Um, it uh, provides you with a, a lot of ways to play. And, um, yeah. And a nice uh, player count. It play. We played a two-player game, and I I thought two was a was a great um, back and forth for this. Um, so I'd love to try it with three or four players to see how that changes things. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's a uh, very unique in that in the roll and write or flip and write genre. So definitely worth a check out. I think if you can get your hands on it, it seems like uh, it's pretty pretty available. Where did you find yours? Did you buy yours online or did you uh, get yours in the store? I no, I got mine in a in a brick and mortar. So nice. It's it's pretty available. It's it's since it's been out for a while, you can usually find it in most uh, good old stores. I, I don't think it's a Target find, but definitely a uh, friendly local game store type of place. Yeah, yeah, and it, the fact that it's coming from Ravensburger, I mean, it's it, you know it makes that <laughs> a guaranteed thing. It's probably well distributed. So um, yeah, keep your eyes out. Check out Explorers. I think you'll I think you'll like it. Um, yeah. uh, uh, I, oh, I'm just gonna cover some of the advanced things because I said I would. And okay. So the, the just some of the things the provi- everything pretty much has a flip side. So the provisions, if you go with the flip side, uh, instead of trying to get each vegetable per round, uh, it's you can only score them in the second, third, and fourth. And in the second round, you're just going for apples. In the third round, you're just going for carrots. And in the fourth round, you're just going for fish. Uh, when I played it, I think I played it as, you know, when you get them, you get them, but you only score them in a round. No, I, I rechecked the rules. You can only get apples in the second round, which makes it mind-bogglingly more difficult. <laughs> you can only get carrots in the third round. So it's like you have to kind of just jump up, butt up right against it, and then get it during that round type of a thing. Uh, gemstones, which, oh, goodness gracious, uh, now there are negative points on there. So if you basically, if you've at the end of a round, you'll see how many negatives are left unexed on your board, and you will add all those up and you will score negative points. If you've crossed off all of the negatives and haven't crossed out any positives you will score zero for the round uh and if you finally get to the positives you actually circle the positive ones and you will score whatever all of the positive ones are so you better be working on gemstones or else you're going to be losing some points uh the temples instead of scoring based on who gets there first you all anyone who gets to a temple will score eight points but the sooner you get there you get some bonus x's that you can do on a terrain type of your choice. So if you're the first one there, you get eight points and three X's. If you're the second one there, you get eight points and two X's and so on and so forth. So it makes getting those definitely a game changer rather than trying to score points. You are trying to reach out and stretch out and and hit more things. Uh, And then with villages, instead of scoring each uh, village individually, you will find 
the one village that you've put the least amount of X's around, and you will score that one. Uh, and the points are a lot more. So it's if you only have one uh, next to it, then you score 12 points. Two is 18. Uh, three is 26. And four is 40 points. So if you can get all, it's basically whichever one you did the least on. So it's it's similar to the last one, but it's very much more uh, restrictive and, and harsh. Uh, and the last thing is that each of these map tiles that you are using to fill in, uh, they each have a flip side. So the way you could do it is they have achievements on the back side. After you've filled in the maps of the remaining ones that you aren't using, you can pick, they, they suggest between one to three. Uh, the way we play it, we pick two, and you flip them over, and whatever they happen to be is additional scoring things. So uh, they range in a number of different things. Uh, they can either be something where it's like, don't if you don't cross off any gems ever you get 16 points or if you have an x in every single water region you get 10 points or if you can have a vertical or horizontal line you get so many points if you um if you're the first at the end of the game if you have four apples you get 15 points or if you're the first person to get all of the keys you get uh, a certain amount of points depending on how soon you did it uh or I, the weirdest one is if you have at the end of the game you will score for a solid uh, square of X's. So you find your largest solid square of X's and score a certain amount of points depending on how big it is. So that, I, I haven't played that one yet, but goodness God, I, I, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, and you can mix and match. I think we played with all all of them, the new sides and uh, two, two of the uh um, achievements and it was very it's very interesting i liked it a lot it gave me uh it kind of changed how i decided to play from the beginning and then really it, it was very interesting i was very much looking at my opponent going all right what are they doing when are they going to get that achievement should i try and beat them to that how many carrots do they have type of a thing and i'm just like yeah. oh god i was very much watching what they were doing so that i could be at least close to them or I could decide, you know what, they're way too far ahead. I can give up on that, and I'm going to focus on the other things. So it's uh, it's really – I like it. I like it a lot. I love this diversity in this game. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, too, because some of those uh, advanced scoring tiles are really kick up the difficulty. <laughs> like, or compl- yeah. not difficulty, complexity. So it really can yeah. be the level of game you want it to um, in many different ways. So, um, yeah. That's cool. I, I like I said, I, I'd really like to play this game more to experience more of the scoring, more of the player counts, and just kind of get into um, the broader feeling of like what uh, Phil Walker Harding was, all the aspects of this game he was throwing in here, because there's a lot. So I can only imagine how much was like left on the cutting room floor. Um, but uh, yeah, all right, everybody. Well, there you go. That is Explorers. Uh, definitely check it out. Really interesting new one from Phil Walker Harding. A new uh, flip and right and worth a look. Uh, let's see. So today, I actually have an excuse today uh, <gasps> for just ending the episode. We have started I, the, a the excitement of having it. Have you having an excuse rather than <laughs> the excitement of you having an actual slogan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so my excuse today is we. It is a heat wave in Denver. We have started a two week long heat wave, and I oh my god, it's just been like oppressively hot and even humid which is rare for the mile high city and uh yeah it's like blech. so i am just <laughs> sweaty and uncomfortable <laughs> so there you go and a little whiny about it 
Uh, so there you go. <laughs> so that is my excuse for the night, everybody. But that should not stop you from checking out this game or listening to this episode. And, of course, if you, you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out a comment form there. We'd love to hear from you guys. Hopefully it is cooler in your neck of the woods than it is here right now. And uh, thank you guys all for listening, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye.